Hello and welcome to the third episode in our series on grieving well during the COVID-19 pandemic. The third stage of grief, identified by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, is bargaining. So, uh, first I'll explain the concept and how it related relate to the pandemic, and then we'll consider what the story of Job can teach us about working through the bargaining phase. So the bargaining bargaining phase or stage of grief is pretty much when we try to reassure ourselves in the face of loss or imminent loss with simplistic logical explanations in order to regain a sense of control and it is especially involved with trying to do things right or get things right. So uh, so especially we would tell ourselves like, well, if we just do everything right, then things will work out or we'll be safe from loss or tragedy will be averted. And that can mean doing good things, but with an anxious motive. So for example, during the pandemic, it's a great idea to do things like frequently washing your hands and wearing a mask in public, trying to uh, optimize your health. Those are all good ideas, but if you're doing these things out of anxiety, and especially if you're doing it as a way to try to reassure yourself that you'll be safe or that you're not going to be harmed, uh, then that could mean that you have not yet resolved the bargaining stage of your grieving yet. And of course, the impulse to do everything right, if it comes from anxiety, uh, it can start to push you beyond just sensible measures and into excessive things like, uh, you know, disinfecting surfaces that are already clean or going overboard with health protocols or things like that. But any, in any case, the question to ask yourself is, am I doing these things out of anxiety? Am I doing these things, even if they're a good idea, am I doing them just to reassure myself because I'm afraid to face my fears? Now, it's also part of the bargaining mindset to try to assign blame. And obviously this is closely related to the previous stage of anger. But the bargaining aspect of it is that blaming people can be a way to try to convince ourselves that everything that happens is because of factors we know, can understand, and theoretically that we could control. Because again, this stage is all about creating the illusion that we are in control or that we could be in control, you know, especially like if only people would do what we tell them to <laughs> or what we think that they ought to. <laughs> so um, also where I see this bargaining mindset in myself the most with this pandemic situation is the attempt to try to understand and explain what's happening. So I often feel an anxious compulsion to read more, research more, to try to regain that sense of control. So I spend time reading articles and opinions like, well, how do different countries' approaches compare and how effective is social distancing and how accurate is the testing and, and all these things. And while it's good to be informed, you know, pretty frequently I do have to stop myself because 
I realized that I've just been sucked in by my anxiety. And I've spent more time than I ought to. And really doing all this reading is not actually helping me or anyone else. I have better, more important things that I should be doing instead. So what do we do about our natural human inclination toward this bargaining mindset, this desire to control the situation? Well, let's consider the story of Job, which is a story about how bargaining doesn't work. So Job did everything right, and he still suffered immense tragedy. His friends tried to tell him that he must have done something wrong to deserve it. So that's the blaming part of the bargaining mindset. And then God appears. And God does not justify Job's suffering or explain it in any way. Instead, God challenges Job to try to explain the mysteries of the universe. So I'm going to just read you a little bit from the 38th chapter of Job, where God speaks. <clears throat> so it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Or what were its base on what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth? and the wicked be shaken out of it? Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare, if you know all this. All right, so it, it goes on for quite a while, but you get the idea. So in the book of Job, God never tells Job that his suffering is all for a greater purpose. No, God says, look, your puny human intellect is never going to understand why everything in the world happens the way it does. So stop trying to figure it out. And God points toward the great mysteries of the natural world. And my interpretation is that that shifts Job out of the control-oriented mindset and into a new way of seeing. It shifts him into seeing with that part of the mind that sees without trying to control or manipulate things. And even in the midst of grief and loss, shifting into that brings awe and wonder and even joy. So I want to suggest that we do ourselves a little mini Job exercise right now. Uh, we all are definitely like Job, suffering from something that is not our fault and that is mostly outside of our control, too. So uh, I know I have control issues, and uh, perhaps you do as well. It's very common. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's natural, it's a, but it is problematic. So let's see if we can experience for ourselves a bit of what God revealed to Job in this story. We'll start by keep, uh, taking a couple of deep breaths. 
and just calm our minds. And if you can keep breathing deeply, as you remember, you can continue, but don't worry about it. Just, just uh, look around you right now where you are and what do you see? You probably see a lot of just mundane, ordinary objects. Maybe you can see outside, maybe not. Now just ask yourself, do I understand everything that I'm seeing? Do I know what all of these things are? Uh, maybe you have names for everything, but what do you really know about this tiny piece of the world that is in your view? Now look at one object, just choose one. And now ask yourself, where did it come from? If it's something you purchased at a store, go beyond that. Where did it come from before that? What is it made out of? And where did that come from? And where did that all start? See, now if you follow it back far enough, you're going to the Big Bang. We don't even know for sure that that actually happened, or if it did, then how it worked or what exactly it means. Talk about mysteries, right? So now look at something, it could be the same thing or something different, uh, but just has to be made by human beings. Okay, so look at something that's made by human beings. And ask yourself, who made it? Do you know those people? Uh, where did the raw materials come from to make it? Now, when you look at that object, can you feel a sense of connection with whoever made it? You know, yeah, it's okay if you don't, but just, you know, see if you feel that in your heart when you think, oh, somebody made this. Probably multiple people, depending on what it is. Can you feel a sense of connection with the earth that provided the raw materials for it? Or a connection with the sun that co-created the life that is here on earth? And a connection with the universe that the sun is a part of? If you look around your home, just looking at these simple physical objects that surround you all the time that you probably don't really see <laughs> You might start to realize that actually all of these things are part of a vast and wondrous mystery. You're connected to something, something much bigger than yourself, bigger than you could ever wrap your mind around. So how does it feel to be aware of that? Does it feel anxious or does it feel more peaceful? Do you feel alone? Or do you feel connected? Do you feel supported? So if you can see this, and if you can feel this, then it becomes something that you're able to come back to. And you can come back to it when you find yourself in difficult circumstances, when you're desperately wanting to control things and frustrated that you can't. And you can remind yourself that actually Wishing that you could control the world is madness. 
But seeing the world as the vast and incomprehensible mystery that it is, you can find peace with your place in it. All right, so now we're going to sing. We'll sing a song called Blessed Be Your Name. just have a word of prayer together. Dear God, we do indeed bless your name, even in the midst of all that is happening now. We thank you that this world is 
fearfully and wondrously made. And that even though we really have not the slightest idea of uh, exactly how it works, well, I mean, we have a slight idea, maybe God, but <laughs> we, we're so far from understanding uh, really the bigger picture and the smaller picture and so many things about this place where we are that we just trust in you and trust in our connection to you and our ability to reach out and hear your voice and experience your guidance and your presence with us. We thank you that you give this to us. Uh, as great as you are and as small as we may be that we are able to connect to you. So God, I just thank you and I praise you and ask that you help us to keep this perspective in mind as we move through life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, until tomorrow. <laughs>